welcome to episode 138 of The Climate Champions. Check out past episodes on theclimatechampions.com. I'm Lee Crevat, host of The Climate Champions. If you or someone you know is a climate champion, please let me know at crevatenergyinnovations.com. This week, my featured guest is Stephanie Krupsack, founder and CEO of Purevant Living, editor-in-chief of Person and Planet magazine, and host of the Person and Planet podcast. This podcast is being brought to you in part by the Department of Energy's Advanced Grid Research Group, whose purpose is to accelerate innovation in electric transmission and distribution technologies and create next-generation devices, software, and tools to help modernize the electric grid. Also, check out the videos on my new YouTube channel, The Climate Champions, with interviews with Jigger Shaw, Chris Black, Rick Hornfeld, 11-year-old podcast host of We the Children, Zach Fox Duvall, and a bunch of one-minute climate update shorts. Naturally drawn to the wellness and eco-realms, Stephanie founded Purevant Living, creating a platform to bring awareness to socially responsible initiatives, products, and services that benefit our overall wellness and the environment. Her Person and Planet podcast series and Paired Magazine combines both sustainability and wellness in a unique pairing of multiple forms of media. Welcome to the Climate Champions. I'm Lee Krivat, and I'm here with Stephanie Krupsack, founder and CEO of Purevant Living, editor-in-chief of Person and Planet magazine, and host of the Person and Planet podcast. Stephanie, welcome to the Climate Champions. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So right off the bat, I was already on your podcast, so this is pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. We did this little exchange. Yeah. I really appreciate that you were on my podcast. It was super fun. So, and it's a nice to opportunity to be on the other side of the mic too, wouldn't you say? Yes. And I'm not used to it. So I'm happier <laughs> that now I'm where I'm comfortable. Yep. I feel the same. So hopefully I do okay today. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do great. When it comes to climate change, what was your motivating moment? I would have to say there's a few actually. So I like to joke that I grew up playing in the dirt and watching PBS. So a big nature kid. So always hiking, playing outside. I grew up with a brother that always, you know, did these activities with me. And he's actually the one that really inspired me to do a lot of trash pickup. So we went on a hike and he pulled out this bag out of his pocket and we're just like picking up trash. It was like so natural to him. So he really inspired me to start doing that as well. And not just on land, but in the water. So uh, several years ago, I started a, a women's group or kayaking. So I was always kayaking with my brother and his friends, hanging with the guys, which I have no problem with. But I was thinking, where are girlfriends that like to do this too? So I started this women's group with the intention to get more people to kayak as more of a wellness activity. But then I, I thought, okay, we can do a bit more with this. So I encourage everybody to pick up trash when they paddle too on the waterways because there's a lot of areas you just cannot reach from the land when you're in a kayak or a canoe. So that was one inspiration to, I would say, my brother. And then secondly, so I had worked in wellness for many, many years. And of course, sustainability is very intimately related and paired and being a big nature lover. I took this crazy world trip in 2017. I was working in IT in Denver. I got burnt out and I thought, you know, I never got to study abroad as a college student paying my way through college. 
So I thought it's like a now or never moment. So I bought a one-way ticket and I was all over the world that year. And one very particular moment that stuck out to me that really made me want to shift more into sustainability, I was in this very remote mountain town in Romania and not easy to get to. Very little trains to get there, very rustic. There were no cabs or anything, so I had to do a lot of walking to my Airbnb to find it. And in the same little village, I took a cable car to the top of a mountain. Very remote again, hard to get to. And I'm walking on these trails to get to the top. And I kind of took a little break and I sat down. I noticed these little bits of plastic all around me, just all different colors of broken down pieces of plastic. And I was thinking, how did this get here? It had to get here by the hikers, the travelers coming up here, leaving their garbage behind. So that really stuck out to me. And I remember standing there and taking photos of this trash. It was so impactful to me to see that in this beautiful remote location, there were bits of plastic breaking down in the environment. So that really was another defining moment, I would say, too. So to answer your question, very long-winded, I would say my brother was a big inspiration and then international travel and seeing plastic waste. That's kind of scary that there was plastic up on the top of a remote mountain. Definitely. So what's your personal driver these days? What gets you up and gives you energy to keep fighting the good fight? I just feel a very, like a purpose that I have to keep sharing that everybody can take some action to help the environment, whether it's in your day-to-day or in your job for your business. So it can be anybody applicable to anyone. And I think sometimes there's a misconception that you have to be a big business to make any moves. And yes, there are requirements that are in place already, more that's coming in the pipeline that you have to report on sustainability efforts. But for the rest of us, that's not really the case. So it has to be a personal motivation. So I really want to help share that anybody can do it. And I know talking with small businesses or freelancers, they think, oh, I can operate sustainably too. I think it's not always something we think about and you don't know what you don't know. So I really want to keep spreading the word that, you know, as a small business, as a freelancer, you can operate sustainably. I did this three years ago with my business where I started tracking what I'm doing. So what are my electricity bills? What is my energy uses maybe from gas, maybe not just electric? What is my transportation to client meetings, whether that's by car, by train, by flight? What are my raw materials that I'm purchasing for my business? And even as a primarily digital business, you're using electricity to run your computer, maybe your home office. You can track all of this and there's tools to help you do that. I can help you do that too. So you can track and you can offset. So you can offset through programs that donate towards renewable energy projects, things like of that sort. Maybe you want to plant trees. So there's so many options that you can track what you're doing and then offset it. Even as an individual, you want to take a trip to Europe, which I will soon be doing. You can go online and calculate how much carbon your flight will emit and you can offset that. So anybody can do it. My primary motivation is just to keep sharing this word that anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. Yep. (laughs) When you meet people that don't believe the data, don't understand what's going on on the planet, how do you convince them what's going on? So if you don't believe in what's happening, um, I think our erratic weather should prove that. But if you don't, okay, what about conserving resources? We have limited resources on our planet that are dwindling in some cases. There's animals that are becoming extinct. Things keep happening. So if you can save resources why not do that? You can save yourself money. You can save your business money by doing this, by operating a little bit better, 
by living a little bit more sustainably or eco-consciously. So everybody wins. So I think that would be my argument that, okay, aside from what you do or do not believe in, saving resources is huge. So you don't have to believe in it to participate and get benefits. Exactly. Yeah. Can you talk more about what you do? You have the podcast, you have the magazine. So I started podcasting back in 2019, actually. I had a Women in Wellness, a Things You Should Know podcast very wellness, very sustainability. I thought, why not merge the two? So it was a year ago in January that I merged the podcast and created a new one called Person and Planet. And I had run several magazines before too. And I thought, why not have a magazine with the same name as another form of media for people to consume? What if you don't like a podcast and you would prefer to read it in a digital magazine? I do offer print on demand too as another option. A little less sustainable than the digital. But again, if you want to have this product in your hand, sharing all things good within sustainability and wellness. So there's a little something for everybody. Even in the books too, I have healthy recipes, a activity or coloring page, even for adults. I mean, why not? Like the uh, publication <laughs> highlights, if you remember that. I had that as a kid. I absolutely loved it. So that was the inspiration for the activity page in the back. So again, I wanted a different forms of um, media that people could learn about these great things. So interviewing these businesses, companies, people that have these great initiatives within the sustainability and wellness space, because your wellness is dependent upon the wellness of the environment. It's so intimately connected. So I really want to merge the two and show how important that is. And then the other side of the business is the marketing, communication side and consulting. So that would be wellness, sustainability, helping you with your email marketing, your social media, a lot of ghostwriting, maybe getting your website up to date, maybe sharing your sustainability message and how to do that appropriately, creating a carbon footprint and impact report that you are sharing with your stakeholders about what you're doing, what your goals are. Yeah, so all of that. I should also mention too, publishing. In addition to the magazine, a children's book I recently published about healthy eating, composting, sustainable living, and it's printed sustainably too. So FSC certified recycled paper and healthy plant-based ink. So you don't have to worry about any heavy metals or things in the inks because it's for kids. So I wanted to make sure that was done the right way too. When you talk about all this, it's very exciting because it shows through demonstration, through practice, how much you can do sustainably because that's, you not only talk about sustainability, but you do it all sustainably. Exactly. Yeah. And with this book, it was a challenge, I will say, because I originally was going to print in Europe. They have like cradle to cradle certified printers, but to find a hardcover book within the US that is printed this way is a little more challenging, especially print on demand. So you're not stuck with these large order quantities. Again, it was not easy, but I'm glad I found a solution to print it the right way. You also mentioned Highlights Magazine. And when I was very mm -hmm. young, which was a long time ago, <laughs> I used to remember in the dentist's office and the doctor's office, they had Highlights Magazine. And the part I liked was Goofus and Gallant. At least that's mm -hmm. how I pronounced it. I think it's Goofus and Gallant, but that's okay. <laughs> because I, <laughs> that's how I thought of it all those years. And it taught me the right way, the polite way to do things. I'm not sure it would go over that well today, but back then mm -hmm. it was helpful to me. So yes, there still is a Goofus and Gallant since 1940. I told you I was old, but not that old. And it is still going strong. They even have videos. And in 2017, there was a story about Trump and Obama being like Goofus and Gallant. 
I'll let you figure out who's who. Very fun. Can you talk about what you did prior to what you're doing now? Yeah. So my career has been a bit interesting, (laughs) I will say. So I started, well, I did work a bit in sustainability and undergraduate at UW-Madison. I was on a committee where we helped design the new student union to a lead silver standard for the building. So a lot of repurposed materials at a very eco-friendly building. So that was a really great exposure to sustainability initially and also running a magazine on campus. And from there, I shifted a bit to the legal side. So I have a bit of law school under my belt and started working in government contracts as a first job out of grad school. And then having a paper industry background as an intern in college, working at a paper mill and quality control, I moved a little bit more into the marketing and fiberboard converting side and then shifted into IT in Denver with my manufacturing background for process improvement. But again, I was lacking that creative side (laughs) from marketing. So I started freelancing on the side with local wellness and cannabis companies in Colorado, doing their branding, their marketing, their social media, all of that. And then eventually I was able to offer services full-time and shift more into sustainability and what I do today. Can you talk about some of the setbacks that you've had? You know, starting a new business, there's always ups and downs. And I started to go one route specifically. I got yoga certified. So I had the the 200-hour yoga certification right before COVID hit. So I had done a lot of plant-based cooking. I actually did a small YouTube cooking show in Denver uh, many years ago. And I did a lot of wellness workshops. So a lot of food demos, things like that. And I wanted to offer corporate wellness services in addition to the the yoga. So you could do like chair yoga. So learning to get some movement while you're working in the office, some meditation, things like that. And I did offer a joint event for employees of Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Milwaukee, which was amazing. It was a little wellness workshop. Employees could come in over the lunch break, uh, learn a little bit, try some food, some healthy food from a little food demo I did. And then COVID hit and everything was was turned off. So I really had to shift gears a bit and stick to more the sustainability consulting and marketing side. So that was one big setback. I would say too, that was my plan and I had to put that on hold for several years. So that's something I would like to get back to as well. So that was one big setback. What successes are you most proud of? I would say the new children's book. I'm really proud of that. I mentioned that it's printed the right way. It's about healthy eating, sustainable living, and it has a paired cookbook. And I'm actually going after this podcast to deliver some books to another retail location. So that's really exciting for us to get more of these books in stores, in shops that have a similar mentality of wellness, healthy living. So that's been a really fun success to date. When you look ahead 10, 20, 30 years, how do you think the planet is going to do? I'm an eternal optimist, so I think we'll be okay. And I know we talked about this before in previous conversations, but sustainability as a term is what we we know, but it's not enough anymore. So regeneration is, I think, a better word where we have to do a little bit better than just maintaining or sustaining. It's not enough. So we have to really like ramp up what we're doing. 
but I do think it's possible to get there. So more than sustainability, regeneration. Yeah, but there could be even a better word. I haven't come up with it yet, but I feel like we need to replace the term sustainability pretty soon because yeah. it's not enough. I just like the concept a lot. I do too. But there, yeah, I think it's it's coming. So we'll see if we can come up with it first. In your opinion, how did the pandemic affect your vision of the future? I think the pandemic made made climate change more more in your face for for everybody because with what happened, we saw the effects of less people on the roads, you know, being stuck at home, how significantly beneficial it was to the climate, to the air quality, and then also for individuals having the time to really slow down and spend more time with their loved ones, spend more time in nature because everything was shut down. And it, I think it brought a, a bigger connection to nature and a bigger realization of what's happening. So I think it was actually really beneficial and in a sense needed. Just to make people realize bad stuff really can happen. Yeah. What's some advice that you could give to my listeners? Well, the first bit of advice would be don't become overwhelmed by what's happening. I know a lot of you have probably experience some of the erratic weather. Maybe there's been a flood, a tornado or hurricane in your area that affected you or your family. So don't be hopeless, but realize that you can take small steps. It might not be quite so small. Let's say, for example, one of the most sustainable things you can do is where you invest your money. But I think it's pretty hands-off because you can hire firms to do this for you. And I'd even be happy to share resources and articles showing that sustainable investments perform better than standard investments. So that could be one easy thing that you make a shift and then you can hire somebody to manage that for you. So that's a small step you can take that's very hands off. But just try to be more conscious about what you do every day. But don't, don't be too hard on yourself if you order something from Amazon or you want to take a flight somewhere. But just know that you can help make great decisions when you can and that you can always offset it too, that you can donate to a charity that creates renewable energy or things of that sort to help you feel better about traveling or something of the sort. Because I would not want to discourage people from seeing the world because it's one of the things I love I will continue to do. But again, don't use offsetting as a crutch either, but just try to be more conscious of all the decisions that you make without becoming overwhelmed by them. I'm a big offsetter because I've been investing in renewable projects so that I could feel less guilty about all the damage that I've done in my life and continue mm -hmm. to do. No, I think that's great. I know I've been to over 50 countries. I try to travel by train for most of them when I can, but I've flown a lot, definitely more than the average person because I want to see more of the world and share these experiences. And yeah, I don't justify that by just offsetting. But I think that's one part that I can do to help make it a bit better. You mentioned Amazon and not using Amazon. I was under the impression, and I'd love to get your opinion about this. Mm -hmm. When my wife and I order from Amazon, instead of driving somewhere to pick something up, it seems like that is less damaging to the environment. Yeah, that's always debatable as well, because if you say you're looking for a white shirt for an event, if you drive to five stores to try to find one yeah, versus purchasing from Amazon, yeah, what is what is more sustainable? So that is a really debatable question. I think the one point I would like to make about shopping on Amazon would be there versus shopping local. So you can 
consolidate your errands into one day. If you're in town, do this, do it together. That's what I try to do. Let's say if I have a meeting or right now I'm at a coffee shop recording this podcast, I will run my errands today. I'm not going to run in separately tomorrow to run them or get groceries. So if you do it that way, or if there's a small shop that might have that shirt for you to support them versus a larger company. But then again, too, Amazon does support a lot of small businesses. I know my magazine is print on demand through Amazon because that's what makes sense right now. Because if I ordered, let's say 500 of an issue, I would have to get them shipped to me and then to you. So that's double the emissions. So again, there's a lot of things to weigh and don't beat yourself up about the small things, but just trying to be more conscious about where you're purchasing, when you're purchasing, when you're traveling to these different areas to try to consolidate when you can and shop local when you can. I think that's really good advice. The idea of being conscious of what you're doing, even if you're going to do it anyway, to understand the impact would be a very positive change. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any questions for me? How could I help you or your followers be more sustainable or environmental? I think just doing what you're doing. And I will try very much to promote what you're doing. <laughs> you promote what I'm doing. We all promote each other, mm -hmm. have each other's back. I think that's how we make this happen. We make it a movement by mm -hmm. working together. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I will say that the sustainability environment is very collaborative of different industries I've been in before. So it's it's amazing to see that. And another thing I'd like to mention too, once you choose to work with companies or order from companies that are also operating sustainably or offsetting, it just creates a larger community and that we do all have the choice to do this. So I think that's important too, that once you tr once you decide to have that mindset or operate your business more sustainably, you open up a whole new market of other people that are also doing that. Hey, is there anything else that you want to add that I haven't asked you about? Yeah, I guess I would just say, you know, if you're an individual, yeah, just be more, more conscious of what you're consuming, the actions you're doing. And if you're a business, looking at sharing what your goals are in sustainability and that you can operate that way and just start tracking is step one. I'd really highly recommend to start seeing what you're doing, what the numbers are. And then from there, you can always make improvements based upon your goals. That's great advice. And on that note, <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up and I'm going to wrap it up with a wrap one reason for you that hurting the environment really does hurt is because you were a girl that liked to play in dirt. You gave credit to another because you were inspired by your brother. You were in a remote Romanian village on, in a mountain in Romania and you saw plastic there. So you decided to apply your brainia. You're hoping that your podcast and magazine can get some traction and convince everybody that they could take some action. I love the way you explained it to me that everything can be done sustainably. The success you are most proud of, the thing that you did is you wrote a book on wellness that's for kids. We can't be like Elon Musk and fly to some space station. We need more than sustainability. We need regeneration. I'm really excited we have each other's back. When it comes to communicating about wellness and sustainability, you certainly have the knack. 
You had so much great stuff to say. There's a lot to unpack. I'm really glad that you're on the attack. Thank you so much, Stephanie Krubsack. So good. <laughs> Thank you. That was amazing. Thanks so much for having me on. Stephanie and I talked a bit about Amazon's effect on climate change. There are arguments to be made on both sides, but if you are using Amazon and you can wait, there's usually an option to wait a couple of extra days for your item so that it can be delivered with other items you order, similar to Stephanie doing all her travel chores on the same shopping trip. Those last mile vehicles are internal combustion engines, ice, at least in my and most neighborhoods, so there's at least some reduction. If you have comments or questions about the podcast, visit my website at crevatenergyinnovations.com and drop me an email. I would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying the Climate Champions podcast series, please subscribe. Rate it five stars if you're an Apple user and tell your climate-concerned friends about it. And check out my new YouTube channel. Just search for The Climate Champions and Lee Crevat. I really enjoy talking to Stephanie and learning about her concept of Purevant living, health, wellness, the environment, and giving back. Just do what you can and help to mitigate climate change. Mm -hmm.